Well, welcome to another episode of the Virgin Life Experience. We have been exploring the truth about who we are in Christ Jesus. And we are looking at the third presentation on embracing our true identity in Christ. Many Christians who are born again do not really understand born again life. They are trying to serve God from the wrong platform. They are trying to make the life that was born please God, and it's a struggle to do that. The only life that can please God is the one that was born again. And the life that was born again is not human life. It's in a human body, but it's not human life. It has nothing to do with our original personality that we got from our parents and that we have adopted through the influence of the world. This life comes from God himself, implanted in our spirit, reconnecting us to our creator by his image being restored through the image of Christ in a believer. So yes, we have a human body, but the spirit that runs the human body for the born again person is the spirit of Jesus Christ, not the corrupt spirit of Adam, not the reasoning of Adam. And so as we explore further what this identity is all about, we have gone through two presentations already. This is the third, and we still have one more. It is so important that I split up into four different sections so that we can take each section at a time. And for those of us who have not heard the first presentation, it is there in the podcast. You can go back and listen to it. I'm going to load up the second and the third one when I'm finished with this one today. So we're looking at embracing my true identity, part three, entering kingdom life. God has given us the privilege to enter kingdom life now. Many folk are looking for a kingdom to come, but we will see that the kingdom of God has already begun. And we can participate in that kingdom now. There's a kingdom operating within the world that is not of this world, but came from God. And Jesus once told his disciples and the Pharisees who were seeking him, that the kingdom does not come in outward observation. For someone to say, look, it is over there, or look, it is over here. But the kingdom of God is within you. Ah, they're carrying the kingdom within us, and many are not aware of it. They are looking for an external kingdom. But first, we have the manifestation of the kingdom within before we can see the physical manifestation of the kingdom without. As a matter of fact, the kingdom of God is active in the world right now, but people are not aware of it because they have not entered kingdom life. Yes, there's a physical manifestation at the end of the age, but the influence of the kingdom is already here and now. So let's pay attention as we listen and interact with one another about embracing our identity, how we enter kingdom life. Our real life is born again, not of this world, but of the kingdom of God. So, so far, 
we have looked at owning our true identity. We did one presentation on that. And then we did a second presentation of seeing ourselves the way God sees us. I must see myself the way God sees me. That's my truth, not what I think, not what I feel, not what others say. And folks, we really have to nail this down. Otherwise, what people say is going to affect us. What we think about ourselves will affect us. And what people say or what we think may not be the truth at all about us. We want to look at God's truth. Talk about giving preference now to our inner life. We want to give preference to our inner life. All this is a part of embracing our identity. First, I must own it. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I must see myself the way God sees me. I'm a new creature in Christ. I'm one spirit with Christ. See myself the way God sees me. I'm born again holy and righteous because God says I am through the life of Jesus Christ. And then we must give preference to our real life. The real life of the believer is not his external life, but the born again life of Jesus within about what the Bible calls the inner man. The inner man is another name for the restored image of God in a person, the innermost part of a person. What gave life to Adam? What was the heart of Adam's existence? When the Bible talks about the heart, it's not talking about the organ in the chest, but the core of human existence, which is spirit. It's only spirit that can give life. Adam had a body, he was formed out of the dust, but until God breathed his image in Adam, Adam did not come into being. So now we are looking at this third presentation of embracing our born again life. What is born again in the believer is a baby Jesus. The seed, we are born again of incorruptible seed. First Peter 1.23. So that seed really represents Jesus' own life in a seed. So we are born as babes in the life of Jesus. So my born again life really is a baby Jesus. That's what it is. That's why it is born again righteous and holy because it is a seed of Jesus' own life. When we were born, we were born out of a seed of Adam's corrupt life, Adam's sinful life. That's why we were born sinners. But no one can be born again a sinner because when we are born again, we are born again out of the seed of Jesus' incorruptible life. We are not born again out of Adam's life trying to make it good. We are born out of Jesus' life that is already good. So we must embrace that reality as who we are. And this presentation is to help us do that. And then we will look at the, the last two, accept and live my divine legacy, and then verbally affirm my real identity every day. I must do this every day so it becomes my first nature. Not the identity I had before I came to Christ, but a completely new identity. Too many Christians are still running by their old identity, and they don't realize that in God's eyes, that's not who they are. I trust that as we go through this presentation today, 
It will help us to embrace the truth from God's perspective, not from the natural perspective. So, I, we, you, must and will give preference to my inner spirit life only, the one that was born again of God. John 1 verse 12 says, as many as received Jesus, to them God gave the right to become his children, those who believe on his name. But they were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So born again life has nothing to do with human existence. It's divine life in a human body. Very much like what Jesus was when he walked the earth. Jesus Christ was a divine being in a human body. And that's what Adam was at the beginning because he had the image of God in him, that divinity. So what Christ came to the earth to do is to restore divinity to its rightful place in a human body. So it's not a body that defined us. It's not a body that gives us our identity, but the image of God that gives us our identity. The world is confused today because they take identity from the physical appearance of a person. The color of the skin, the texture of the hair, the color of the eyes, the thickness of the lips, and so forth. And so we have all types of confusion in the world today because people cannot identify themselves properly. Once we miss the image of God, then the devil uses all types of aberrations to make us believe that's who we are. Salvation is the restoration of humanity to its rightful place, the image of God where it belongs, so that mankind can identify himself the way God identifies in. So in this presentation, we must make it a settled truth in our life to give preference to our real life and stop feeding the life that was born more than the one that was born again. Stop taking direction from the life that was born more than the one that was born again. So we have to learn how to walk and speak and see again from the spirit side now, we know how to do it naturally. But now we are gonna give preference to our inner man or our inner spirit child, the life of Jesus. All right, so I must live by my inner spirit child only. And this is the biggest mistake people make when they come to Christ, when they're born again. They want to be born again as adults, but no one is born into the kingdom of God as an adult. Please remember this. And that's why we become confused because we use our adult human reason and our adult logic to cancel what God is doing in the baby Christ in us. So the first truth we must embrace is that we cannot come to the kingdom of God with common sense. No one can enter the kingdom of God as an adult. Well, I'm not the one who's saying that, but Jesus said it himself. Matthew 18, verse 3. 
assuredly or certainly I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, in other words, unless you change the outlook of your life from this adult person doing all the things he wants to do, having my way and my rights and all that stuff, you have to change that and accept yourself now the way God sees you. I must accept myself the way God sees me. So kingdom life starts as a child. Kingdom life does not start as an adult. What did Jesus say to Nicodemus? Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. He can't even see it. Because it does not come by common sense or human logic or human wisdom. It's something that is born anew in a person in the spirit. And then Nicodemus said to him, well, how can a man be born when he is old? He's thinking adult, you see. Could he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus said, of course not. That's not what I'm even talking about. So you're talking about earthly stuff. And Jesus explained further in verse 6, in verse 3, verse 5, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. First, Jesus said he cannot see it. Later on, he said he cannot even enter it. Well, it's impossible to enter what you cannot see. And so people cannot enter kingdom life, except they are born again to see the kingdom the way God presents it. So when Jesus said to the disciples, assuredly, certainly, I say to you, unless you are converted, unless you change something and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. In other words, it's impossible for you to enter kingdom life. unless you become as a child. And that child is not talking about a physical, natural baby. It's talking about the life of Jesus born as a child in us. That our bodies become a Bethlehem for the life of Jesus. Christ growing in us. So to enter kingdom life, you must be born again as a baby. Mark 10, 15, assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And that's what gets people frustrated in their Christian life. Because they're coming with this adult perspective and it becomes increasingly difficult because it does not match human logic or common sense. Because the kingdom of heaven is not of this world. It does not line up with the logic of this world because it's not from here. It says only the life that is born of God can enter kingdom life. So don't try to reason it out from here. Don't try to figure it out from there. You get a lot of confusion. It's about submitting that so the light could dawn in our spirit so we can embrace the truth about who we are. You have to come into the kingdom as a child. 
You see some folks don't want to give up their own way of doing things. Folk are born again, but they have the same bad attitude. They are born again, but they still have the pride. They still have the self-conceit and all the things associated with the adult self. When God is not working on the adult self, some people think God is working on them, trying to make them like Jesus. No, 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 no. God has already given you Jesus and given me Jesus as a seed in our spirit. That's where born again life begins. As a baby Jesus in us. That's what Jesus said. Matthew 11, verse 12. From the days of John the Baptist until now, John was beheaded. Jesus said, from the days of John the Baptist, when he came preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus was about to break upon the face of the earth. The kingdom of God was about to break on the earth. Enter the earth's domain to challenge the kingdoms of men. And John began preaching it. So Jesus is saying from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven existed. And he says from that time until now, speaking of the time when he was around, and even now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. What does that mean? It means people break into the kingdom with all the, the traits that they learn from the evil one. All their habits and whatever characterized their life that was born. And they want to use that same life to serve God. To experience kingdom life and kingdom blessing. And God says, no, it can't happen that way. They're trying to take the kingdom by force. They are forcing human ways of thinking, human ways of being human ways of living into kingdom life. And it brings frustration. It brings frustration to them and those around them. And so people ask all type of questions because in the adult life, they can't accept certain things because it does not match what the adult life embraces. And so they want to take the kingdom by force. They are forcing their adult perspective into kingdom life and say, God, you have to take it like this. There's only one way to enter the kingdom. And only enter kingdom life as a child. Not as an adult. But we have to change the way we think of things. Change our perception of things. Only one way. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them. For of such is the kingdom of heaven. That confuses people. Because our adult life cannot embrace what being a child is like in the kingdom. After people ask, how do you do this? How do you do that? Why? Because the adult perspective is clouding the vision. And the devil uses it to block out the life of Jesus that God is seeking to form in people. So there's only one way. You must become a child in the spirit. 
The need of my spirit child must be first, not the need of my adult life. The need of the spirit child must be first. So, the Bible says, as newborn babes, newborn babies, born again as Christ, baby Christ, we must crave the pure milk of the word that we may grow thereby. So I must feed my inner spirit life, my inner spirit child, it's a baby. You're not born again adults, you are born again baby in the spirit. You do not understand spiritual things and spirit life. We have to grow in the life of Jesus to understand and embrace spiritual realities. So as newborn babies, We must crave the pure milk of the word. If I'm not feeding my inner life, I cannot grow in my understanding of who I am in Jesus Christ. I will always be confused by my adult way of looking at things. And that's the downfall of most Christians. As newborn babes, we must desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow. Just as a normal baby, natural baby, drinks milk to grow, so it is. The spiritual life of a person cannot grow if there is no spiritual word, if that person is not drinking daily a word. How often does a baby need milk? Some mothers testify every two to four hours or whenever the child desires. What about our spiritual life? Yeah. Many spiritual babies are starving. They are suffering from what I call ASD. Beware of ASD. You know what is ASD? This is what it means. Arrested spiritual development. They were born again as a baby Jesus, but their adult life would not allow them the luxury of feeding the life of Jesus daily with the milk of the word. People find all types of reasons why. And the devil will give us reasons why we cannot do it. But we'd find time to do what the adult life wants. You see, until we realize that my real life is not the adult one, but the eternal life that I have in Christ growing in me, and give that priority, we'll always find a reason why we cannot do the things that need to be done in the spirit realm. Identity is what drives our reality. And if my identity is not the life that God is growing in me, then my reality is influenced by understanding of reality and then the way I function. So many Christians have neglected the life of Jesus, focusing on the life of Adam, trying to make the Adam life like Jesus trying to force Adam to behave as a Christian, to do spiritual things. And all they have to do is to feed the life of Jesus, feed that baby. We were all babies once. We were all toddlers once. We were all children once. And our parents had control over us with whatever we did. But then we became teenagers. And then we started back talking to our parents 
and challenging some of the things we did. They did to us. Sometimes you get spanking for them for doing that. You get disciplined for doing that, but we continue to grow. We became adults. And then our parents cannot tell us to do anything anymore. We do what we want to do. Well, when the life of Jesus is spread and grows up, that life will control what the adult self has been forcing it to do all the while. And that's how we grow their lives. That's what God wants to do. Jesus was manifested to destroy everything the devil did with these Adam bodies of ours. And so if you allow the Christ to grow, you will see a greater manifestation of victory in our lives. So beware of arrested spiritual development. The baby is there, but is not being fed, malnourished. And that's why we cannot gain the victories we want to gain. And we find ourselves easy victims, easy prey of the devil. Jesus once said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The word of God is pure. So the pure, enduring filter for my thinking, for my hearing, my seeing, my speaking, my living. Everything needs the word of God. How I reflect on things is the word of God. How I think about things needs the word of God's perspective. How I hear needs the word of God's perspective. What I see needs the word of God's perspective. What I speak, how I live, all must be guided by every word of God. That's why when the baby is fed with the word of God, the baby would know how to think, how to hear, how to see, how to speak, and how to live. So we are saying, showing here today how we embrace that identity. Not to reflect, not to hear, reflect on the word, hear the word, see through the word, speak from the word, and live from the word. Live from my spirit child only not from my natural life, but if my spirit life control my natural life, I'd be in good shape. So we're going to reflect when I'm considering things, the world will be my reflection. When I hear things, you would see how we hear. The spirit life operates differently from the natural life. The natural life things based upon all the information that is fed through the senses. Not so with spirit life. It's not the senses that guide spirit life. It's the word of God that guides spirit life. So let's take a look at how we feed our inner life spirit man or spirit child daily. The wise man says to us in Proverbs 4, verses 20 to 22, my son, my daughter, give attention to my words, the importance of hearing the word of God. Incline your ears to my sayings. 
Don't let them depart from your eyes. It's engaging all the senses. Keep them in the midst of your heart, your meditation, your reflection. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. That's what the word of God can do. Remember the planet on which we live was created by words. And if we walk and live by the life of Jesus in us, our words will be spirit and life. So the word is very central to me embracing my identity as a believer. The word is what shaped the reality of who I am as a believer. Not the world, but the word. So the first thing you want to do Reflect. Our reflection want to be on the word. We want to reflect from my spirit child only. We want to reflect or meditate or think from the spirit child only. Psalm 19, 97 through 99. Oh, how I love your law, speaking of the word. It is my meditation or my reflection all the day. You through your commandments make me wiser than my enemies. For they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers. For your testimonies are my meditation. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the wilderness, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of God, and in his law he meditates day and night. Such a man shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters that bringeth forth fruit in season. His leaves will not wither, and whatsoever he does or she does will prosper. The word must be our meditation, so it will shape how we think and what we think. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word is what does that. So my reflection is on the word all the time. So from my spirit life, my spirit child, I must reflect on the word all the time. Ephesians 4, 22 to 24. Put off concerning your former conduct. In other words, the way you think about yourself, the way you reflect on yourself. Stop reflecting on what used to be or what happened in the past to your natural life, as though that's the reality of who you are. That's not God's reality of you or me. So put off concerning that, that former conduct, that former life. The old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, put on this new way of looking at yourself, this new way of reflecting upon yourself. Instead of meditating on all the stuff people did to you in the past, God has given you a brand new present and future, the life of Jesus. Put on this new man, reflect on this new man, 
which was created according to God or in the likeness of God or in the image of God. That's what that means, according to God. This new man, this new life, this new existence that you are to embrace was created in the image of God. It was created in righteousness, true righteousness and holiness. So I don't have to try to be righteous or holy. My new life was created that way already. That's what I need to reflect on. So when the devil comes to speak these lies in my mind about who I am and how sinful I am and all that stuff, I throw that out. I start to reflect on who God says I am. The more we focus on sin and reflect on sin is the more of sin we will be. Telling us how to embrace our identity. We are living from our spirit child, not from our natural life. Our spirit child is always righteous because it was created in righteousness. It was created in holiness. Our natural life is always sinful. We can't change that one. That's why God tells us to live from the one he gave us. That means we have to change the way we look at ourselves, change the way we regard reality, change the way we look at the world. That's why the word is so important to us. Without the word, we are lost in finding out who we really are and what reality really is. So in our reflection, we must reflect from our child spirit, our spirit child only. Stop talking about yourself as the sinners, the, the, all the negative things people say about themselves. I can never be this, I could never do that. But all that stuff. Get it out of your vocabulary and speak of yourself the way God speaks of you in the world. If I do not know what the word of God says about me, then there's nothing for me to reflect on except what the word tells me. Our weapon of warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down of strongholds, casting down in arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity. So the obedience of Christ, where's Christ? He is growing from this child of his life in me. So when my adult life is thinking all these weird, strange thoughts, those thoughts must be captured and bring into captivity to what God says about the child that is growing in me, the life of Jesus. That's my life. So my reflection all day long must be on my spirit child that's growing in me, the one that was born again righteous and holy in the image of God. That's who I am now. That's what born again is. So first we have to reflect, then we must hear, hear from our spirit child only, not from the natural. And there's a way to hear from the spirit child. Just now we just re uh, reviewed, we just reviewed, there's a way to reflect from the spirit child. It is guided by the word not by the world, not by feelings. Now we are talking about hearing. How does the spirit child hear? 
So faith comes by hearing. And how does hearing come? By the word of God, not by the ears. In the natural, hearing comes by the ears. In the spiritual, hearing comes by the word of God. What does that mean? It simply means whatever goes through our ears must be filtered by the word of God before we accept it as truth for ourselves. So we have to train our ears to hear the truth. If what I hear does not match what the word of God says, then I filter that out. I don't have to take it in me. Listen to what Jesus said. Luke 8, 18. Be very careful how you hear. There's a way to hear from the spirit that's different. So in the spirit life, hearing is not just words coming to the air. These words are filtered by what the word of God says. The word that has been meditated upon. Right away, when you hear something, your spirit will tell you whether that is from God or not. You know what to receive and what to just block out from your air. So the spiritual air does not listen to every and anything. Therefore, take heed how you hear. There's a way to hear. For whoever has, to him more will be given. So if you have received some spiritual insight and you know how to hear, you will receive more spiritual insight and wisdom. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken away from him. If we do not know how to hear, the devil will come and snatch away what little that we have within us. That's what Jesus means by that. So we have to know how to hear. Sometimes you may go to church in very good spirits, happy, rejoicing in the Lord and praising the Lord. And somebody said something and you didn't know how to hear that and right away your joy is gone. Because we don't know how to hear, it will steal what little we have in us through divine revelation. But if we know how to hear, more revelation will be given to us. That's why the Bible speaks of people in Hebrews chapter, not Hebrews, 2 Peter, 2 Timothy chapter 3, that people in these last days will be ever learning, but never coming to a knowledge of the truth. They'll be having ears to hear and they still can't hear because they don't know how to hear. They go to church day in, day out for years and they're still in the same place because they don't know how to hear. Always in some kind of gossip, always in some kind of confusion because they do not know how to hear. The hearing for the spiritual child is not through the portal of the ears, but always what the word of God says about what's coming through the air. How we hear is one thing. What we hear is another thing. Notice what Jesus said first. Take heed how you hear. Luke 8, 18. Now in Mark 4, 24, he says, take heed what you hear. So be careful what you hear, what you listen to. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, 
more will be given. Now this, this is good and bad. If you hear what is right and what is good and you know to hear it, so not only what is heard, but how is heard, more will be given to you. You will expand and you will grow in your spirit and in revelation and understanding. But if I do not know how to hear and what to hear, I will make judgments based upon what I heard. And if I do not hear correctly, then what I heard would influence how I measure the situations I'm dealing with. That's what Jesus is saying. But what we hear is shaped the way we think. Take care of what you hear. Because with what measure you use, it will be measured to you. And many of us are responsible for what's going on in us right now, not others. Because we will not train our spirit to hear the right thing or how to hear the right thing. So hearing for the child and the spirit is very important. The hearing spirit child, pay attention to this. What the spirit child hears is defined only by what the word of God says about what is heard. This is important. I'm going to repeat this. What the spiritual here is to grow is defined only by what the word of God says about what is heard. And few people measure what they hear by what the word of God says. They just hear and they hear everything. And they don't know how to weigh what they hear through the word of God to know whether they should take it within themselves or they should just drop it by the wayside. I have learned from experience how to just drop stuff. People say to me, a lot of people carry stuff, people say to them, and it goes down. The Bible says it goes into their belly and creates chaos. They can't sleep, they can't think, they can't do anything. All because they do not know how to filter and just drop anything that does not match what the word of God says. It's unfruitful. If you take it in you, it cannot be a good fruit. I'll say it again. If the word of God measures something you hear and it sees it's an unfruitful, it will not bear anything good in the hearing, in the life of that person. So learn how to just drop things. Don't even try to figure them out. The word of God shows you that this thing is not of God. Don't try to figure it out. Just drop it. Let it be. Move on. But some people are very inquisitive. They try to go and try to figure it out. Why this say this? How come this say this? I don't understand. Why are you trying to figure it out? Why give yourself that stress? It is not your spiritual child that is benefiting from this. The natural life is going to feed on this and is going to cause chaos in your spirit. Because pretty soon your joy is gone. Your child is starving and you're responding to all that you heard in your ear. So take heed of what you hear and take heed of how you hear. So the hearing for the spiritual child growing in us comes through the word of God. Everything that is heard through the natural air must go through the strainer of the word of God. 
What about how the spiritual child sees? First, how he reflects the word of God. How the spiritual child hears through the word of God. How the spiritual child sees. Well, through the word of God. By faith, we understand that the words were framed by the word of God. By faith. So the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. In other words, what we see came from what we did not, cannot see. What we see is the manifestation. What we cannot see is what created that manifestation. Everything physical came from something spiritual. Everything that we see came from something that we cannot see. People tend to believe that what they cannot see does not exist. Ah, the reality is what we cannot see because the manifestation could always change because what is not seen could change it. So the realm of the invisible is what we call the causal or the creative realm. The invisible realm is what creates or causes things to happen. Things don't just happen. They start in a realm that we cannot see. But Adam has trained us to believe what we see is the reality and what we cannot see does not exist. When the truth is what we cannot see is the reality and it can change anything that does exist. So remember that. So we want to see from our spirit side, our spirit child. And we have to remember this all the time. That's this, God created things visible and invisible. Always remember that. And there are more things that were created invisible than there are things that are visible. For by him, Jesus Christ, all things were created that are in heaven and that are upon the earth, visible and invisible. So God created invisible stuff too. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. So Christ created things visible and invisible. So the invisible realm is more powerful than the visible realm. The invisible realm is more creative than the visible realm. That's why the body without the spirit is dead. The body we see, but spirit is what runs it. All the evil you see happening in the world, they are run by spirits, either demonic spirits, the demonic spirits of the evil one, infesting people's lives. Very important for us to remember this. When we see the wickedness in the earth and what people are doing, remember it's a spirit. Everything they do in the physical is driven by something in the spirit realm. Law enforcement cannot handle what is in the spirit. They deal with what's a physical manifestation. The young man who walked into that school and killed all those children and the teachers, 
demonic manifestation in this child. It's a spirit that drove him to do that. This is just madness. It's not just madness. The Bible speaks of the spirit of the evil one, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. So what we cannot see is more powerful than what we do see. Our spirit is more powerful than our natural life. And that's why if we walk by the spirit, we can walk in victory. If we walk by the natural light, we are going to walk in defeat. So embracing our reality is embracing our life in the spirit so we can live in victory in this world. The Bible tells us in 1 John 5 and verse 4, whatever is born of God has already overcome the world. And God is spirit. Whatever is born of God is also spirit. So when things happen, we know how to deal with them, not just from the natural side, but from the spirit side. That's why we do not lose heart. Second Corinthians 4.16. Even though our outer man, physical, is perishing, breaking down, maybe getting sick, dying, yet the inward man the life of Jesus, this babe that is growing, that is maturing, is being renewed day by day. So the physical may be breaking down, but if we understand our real life, we can still rejoice in spite of, because our real life is being renewed every single day. For our light afflictions, those things that come against us, which is but for a moment, they are doing what? They are working for us, not working against us. Well, if you don't understand ourselves, we think all the afflictions are working against us. But the Bible says they are working for us. And they are producing a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Wow. But if I do not understand how to see, I would not see that. If I do not see from the word of God or from my inner spirit life, I will not see that. I will see the light afflictions as afflictions. And they're not working for me. I want God to remove them. And God said they are working for you something far greater. No, 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 God, they're not working for me. Just get them out of my way. While we do not look at the things which are seen, that's what humans tend to do, but the things which are not seen, but the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So we have to learn how to see again. Just as we learn to know, we have to learn to know how to hear again. We have to know how to think again or reflect again. We have to know how to hear again from spirit now, the word. We have to know how to see from the word. So we do not become distracted by the afflictions and by all the chaos that's going on in the world that's driving people nuts. Wow. In his wisdom, God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. 
pay attention. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not, I put the word seen in there, the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. So God is using the things that you cannot see to bring to nothing the things that you could see. But then the doctor may see a mask tomorrow, he sees nothing because a word was spoken against it and it disappears. God uses what is not seen to cancel what is seen. The life of Jesus cannot be seen because it's growing in our spirit. That's where the healer is right inside of us. And God uses what is not seen to bring to nothing the things that are seen. Wow. He uses the things that are not seen to create what is seen in the beginning. And he can also use the things which are not seen to cancel or to destroy the things that are seen. So if we know how to see again, it will add some power to our life that natural vision cannot give to us. So the seeing spirit child, how does the spirit child see? What the spirit child sees is defined only by what the word of God says about what is seen. So what do the word of God say about what is seen? God told Moses, go forward facing the Red Sea. Moses is seeing the sea and he's thinking, how can I go forward? There's an ocean before me. God said, go forward. Why are you looking at me, Moses? Tell the people to go forward. As they went forward, a path opened in the sea. The word of God defines what the life of God sees. So the word of God defines what we meditate upon. The word of God defines what we hear. The word of God defines what we see. Wow. Now, we're going to see that the word of God also defines what we speak. That's how important the word of God is. That's why Jesus said, you live by every word of God. So we reflect on the word, we hear the word, we see through the word, we speak the word. Wow. So we speak from our spirit child only. If anyone speaks, let them speak as the oracle of God. As though God is speaking. God is speaking from his image inside of us, restored through the life of Jesus. We read in Proverbs 18.21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat the fruit of it. The tongue is also a fire. A world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body and sets the whole course of one's life on fire. And itself is lit on fire by hell. It's set on fire by hell. So the devil knows how to use our tongue to speak against us. But the tongue speaks from what fills the spirit. 
out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if my spirit is not the life of Jesus that is feeding on the word, then my tongue will say some things that will hurt me or hurt others around me. It's good for us to remember, we live in a creation formed totally by words. So words are very powerful. It's not Jesus. I have not spoken my own word, my own authority, on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. Jesus was not speaking his own words. He wanted to know what the Father said. He gave me a command what to say and how to say it. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. So whatever we speak, who told us to speak those things? Who told Adam he was naked when he said those things? Who told us to say the things we say? Some one of the fathers telling us. Either Father the devil or Father God. One spirit or the other is what influences what we say. So Jesus always spoke from what the Father said. That's why he used it as written. What the Father inspired others to write, Jesus spoke from that. He says the Spirit gives life, the flesh profits nothing, the words that I speak to you are spirit and life. Notice, all I'm sharing with you is scriptures that speak to the life of Jesus that God is reproducing in all of us. What we meditate on must reflect from the word. What we hear must be guided by the word. What we see must be shaped by the word. What we speak must be based on the word. Wow. Wow. Second Corinthians 4, 13, since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written in the word, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. So we speak the word. So remember, we are born again children of the life-given spirit, Jesus Christ. Our words matter. So don't squander them. Our words can either speak life or death. So do not squander them. Our words matter. Because we are born again children of the life-giving spirit of Jesus Christ. So the speaking spirit child, what the spirit child speaks is directed only by what is written in the word of God. Wow. I'm going to pause here before I give the last part of this presentation for the evening. I know you have heard a lot. We have looked at reflection, hearing, seeing, speaking, all from the spirit child. There's a new way for us to hear, a new way for us to reflect and meditate. Don't let your mind just wander on all kinds of stuff. Don't fill the space in your mind with all kinds of stuff. 
know how to control your mind center. See through the word of God. What does the word of God say about what I'm seeing? What does the word of God say about what I'm hearing? What does the word of God say about what I'm speaking? So we have to practice. Practice to speak the word of God over our lives and over our situations. Have to practice that. Any good questions? Yes? So uh, we are embracing the child. Go ahead. Uh, sometimes um, people would say, say awful things to us. I just use me as an example. And like you were saying before, it just bother you and you can't even sleep because of what was said. But I like the fact that you said we have to filter what goes in so you can leave them by the wayside, you know? Right. And I, I, I like that. So um, I am more concerned of what Jesus says about me and who I am. So when people say certain things, I can, if it doesn't align with the word of God, I can just leave it by the wayside. Yes, because when people say things to you, to any one of us, they are just trying to awaken the spirit of the evil one in us. So we can either respond in kind or start thinking all kinds of crazy stuff. So we have to practice filtering what we hear. You see, we have to learn how to hear from the spirit side, you know. It's a whole new life that we have not lived before. Like a new child coming into the world, the child does not know what to, how to do anything. The born again child of God doesn't know what it is to walk in the spirit life. That has to be taught. That has to be taught. And if the child is not feeding on the word of God, the child will not develop properly. They will not know how to hear, how to speak. Their speech will be guided by what they think. And what they think is what the world is showing to them. So if my heart and mind is not filled with the word of God, I have no way of shaping or influencing the life of Jesus that's going in me. As a Christian, I'm always filled with confusion. When people say things to you, if you don't remember who you are, they'll respond in a certain way. Because the devil can only speak to his own self in us. But he wants himself to respond. He wanted Adam to respond to Adam. He doesn't want Christ to respond. So that's why we have to filter. We cannot listen to everything people say, especially if not saying the truth. Somebody told a lie about you and you want to go turn the person off. Over a lie is not the truth. Let it alone. You're going there to defend a lie. That's the devil pushing you to defend the lie. Let it alone. See Jesus? Remember Jesus? All the lies they concocted to put him to death? Jesus did not respond to any of those lies. Because the devil wants us to speak. He wants himself and us to speak. 
The only conversation Jesus had with the devil is to rebuke him because the devil is a liar. When you speak to the devil, the devil will lie. And when I say the devil, I'm not talking about devil, devil. I'm talking about the spirit of devil working in people. You're trying to convince a lying spirit, that person will not believe you. Leave them alone. Don't engage. Let them say what they want to say. Just don't hear it. If somebody says something to you as not aligned with the word of God, just say, I refuse to receive it in my spirit. Say it aloud. My spirit will not receive that. If you sit quietly and let the thing go into you, when you leave that spot, you'll be thinking about that stuff. Say, my spirit refused to receive it. And just let it be. Let the devil beat his drum or her drum and dance with himself. Let him dance to his own music. Anyone else? All right, let me give you the last set of slides. So now we're going to live. So we reflect, we hear, we see, we speak, and now we live. The Bible talk about walking in the spirit or living by the spirit. The word walk means to live. So we're living from our child, from our spirit life. If we walk in the spirit, we will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. So we walk from the life of Christ in us. How we live? By every word of God. If I don't have the word of God in me, I don't know how to live. The word of God is the manual for life. For we walk or we live by faith. And faith means God's reality of things. So we live by God's reality of things, not by our reality of things. Not natural. That's what not by sight means. Not by human logic by every word of God. Spoken on here, we walk or we live by faith or every word of God, not by sight and mere senses. Live from creation realm, not from the manifestation realm. Live from where things are caused to happen, the realm of the spirit. If you live from there, you'd be a, a powerful person. Not just reacting to what you see, but get into the root of it from the spirit. The devil operates from the root, but he wants us to operate from the manifestation or the fruit. If we're going to beat him at this game, we too have to operate from our root, our spirit, and not by the fruit he's showing to us. Those can be distractions. Galatians 5.16, I say then walk in the spirit or live in the spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So don't focus on sin. Stop focusing on mistakes. Stop focusing on all the bad things that have happened. And focus on the life that is pure and holy, the life of Jesus that is growing in you. That's your identity for God. That's the real you in God's eyes. The devil wants us to believe our natural life is our reality of us. That's the only way you can keep us in bondage and confusion. So what we need more than ever is Christ consciousness. 
In other words, I am the expression of the life of Jesus in my spirit. I have to be Christ conscious all the time. Not self-conscious. The devil gives us self-consciousness. Self is always touching. Self is always preserving itself. Wherever you go, every morning you wake up, I am the expression of Jesus Christ. Before I go to bed, I'm the expression of Jesus Christ. Christ consciousness is our goal. And then we must continue to exercise. Exercise our inner spirit child, spirit Christ every day. Every day feed the baby with milk. As the baby grows, the baby runs about, feeds about, exercise. Paul once told Timothy, but reject profane and old wives' fables. All these days, forget them. And exercise yourself towards godliness or godlikeness. So exercise your life in your spirit by learning how to, to meditate again, how to reflect on the word of God, by learning how to hear again. By filtering what I hear through the word of God. By learning what to, how to see again. Allowing the word of God to shape what I'm seeing. By learning how to speak. Of course, learning how to live. Exercise yourself towards that godliness. For bodily exercise, profits little. Yeah, you may drop some weight off, you know, get your nice figure, but it does not give you anything to live morally. But godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and that which is to come. So brothers and sisters, as we exercise ourselves in the godliness, prayer, meditation, quietness, just listening to God, worship, service to others, wordship, hearing, reading, studying the word. These exercises are necessary so we can strengthen our spiritual muscles. We can walk in the reality of our life in the spirit. Embracing the truth of who we are. This brings us to the end of our presentation today. Our next episode will be the last episode in this short series of embracing my true identity. Any questions or comments? Pastor Roy, in looking at the, um, the exercise, the, the method of of what you gave us, can I, I'm trying to word it correctly. So in essence, I'm asking for me to leave. Can I daily reflect here, leave, reflect, see, leave, reflect, speak, leave? Because in everything that I have to do, I have to revert back to the word of God. So I'm reflecting each minute and hearing and leaving. 
because out of that, then it becomes so programmed, it becomes second na first nature, not even second nature. Yes. And, okay. so, and soon you will discover, you discover you cannot, you suddenly discover that no matter what you're doing, you can find some kind of scriptural reference to what is going on. I'm telling you what has happened in my own life. Have you ever a conversation with anybody without leaving some scripture or something in there? Sometimes you don't know the scripture you're speaking. I'm just saying things, but I'm not quoting saying well, it came from here or there. I just say it. Right. Thank you. It's just like a person when uh, if a person is studying to be a lawyer, there are certain jargons that they always use. They have this lawyer language that they speak. And they practice speaking that stuff. So whenever they speak, they, they sound legal. They sound legalistic. Anyone else? So I'm asking your question now, since you didn't have any for me. I'll ask you a question. Which one of these faculties do you think is the most important one? Is it the affection, the hearing, the seeing, the speaking, or the living? It's not a trick question. <laughs> I will say living because it incorporates all the others. So living, okay. So I will if you say reflect, hearing and speaking because if you... Give me, give me hearing, one. Give me one. Don't give me two. Oh, hearing. Hearing, okay. Why did you say hearing? Because if you're hearing from the right spirit, then you will do all the above. Okay. Very good. Anyone else? I would say speaking. Speaking? Okay. Why is it speaking? Because um, God spoke this world into existence and we can speak um, and experience the power of everything that, you know, because words are life and power. So yes, speaking, is, speaking is very important and powerful. Can I ask you a question, Jessica? Can Go ahead and all this, and then I'll ask Jessica a question. I was saying, could I say all? all of it? And then I ask you for which one? Don't, don't give me all. <laughs> You're trying to be smart here now. They're all important. Now, Jessica, you spoke about speaking. How do people learn to speak? Um, well, I know you have to know what in what's in the word to speak, but... Okay, naturally, how do people learn to speak? By hearing. Yeah, well... If you can't hear, you can't speak, you know that? Yes, that's true. A child who is deaf is usually dumb. That's true. They don't know yet, don't know songs. How does a bird learn to sing? By hearing another bird. Yeah. The birds learn to sing in the dark. Yep. If you want to, if you see folk who really into um, bird competition, they train their birds by covering them with dark cloth. Because when the bird is covered in the dark, the bird is listening. Listening to every sound we could hear and mimic those sounds. 
So the Buddha spent a lot of time in the dark to learn how to sing, learn how to whistle. What's the last faculty that leaves a person on dying? Hearing. 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 Without faith, it is him. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And how does faith come? By hearing, hearing. hearing the word of God. The reason why God allows us to hear even to the point of death is we can still speak faith. Uh -huh. So, which is the most important spiritual faculty? Hearing. Hearing. Hearing, hearing influences all the others. So that was your question, Pastor Roy? Yes. That's the answer to the question. The I, I missed the question. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We are all learning together. So hearing is important. That's why you have to gather all ears. Our spiritual hearing is most important. That's why Jesus says, take heed how you hear and take heed of what you hear. Because what you hear shape what you think. What you hear also influences what you see and what you speak. So if you don't hear it, you can't live it. Well, <laughs> so a good practice is to have the word of God playing in your home, playing in your car, playing on your phone. Just listen to it. You're not just listening for these. It's really going to the baby. You know what I'm telling you? Some people listening, trying to process up here. No, no, no. Just listen. Just let it play. You don't have to process everything or process every time. Just let it play. Things will start jumping out at you. You'll see. You know babies cannot speak when they're born, right? Yes? Yes. Yes. Even though the baby cannot speak, we speak to the baby, right? Yes. yes. Does the baby understand what we are saying? No. No. Talk to me, folks. Does the baby understand no. what you're saying? No. So why do we continue speaking to the baby if the baby doesn't understand what you're saying? Because he's hearing. Because as he grows, he learns. You see yeah. the baby reacting to what he's sharing, even though he cannot hear, even though he cannot interpret or understand. Right. There's a reaction. The baby's eyes, the baby yeah. smile. Mm -hmm. Baby will do all kinds of stuff because he's hearing. Yes. Right? Oh, yes. Well, let me say something to you. The baby Jesus inside of you, just when you have to hear the word. Mm -hmm. Are you listening to me? Yes. The baby Jesus just have to hear the word. The adult Adam is trying to interpret and figure out everything he hears. Baby Jesus don't need to do that. The little child doesn't try to figure out what he's hearing. The child is just turning his head head in the direction of the sound and just taking in the sounds. And pretty soon. Pretty soon that child starts to say some things and you forget what you told the child. It's but where the child got that? You forgot you told the child that years ago, months ago. The life of Jesus is already connected to the word. Even though your head is not getting what the word is saying, the life of Jesus in you is receiving the word. Amen. That's why mm -hmm. I'm saying. We are born again as a child in the kingdom. We come to the kingdom too much from the adult perspective. Mm. We keep trying to engage our intellect and trying to figure this out and figure that out and not just allow the word to be the word. The word is designed for the life of Jesus as growing in us. 
So sometimes just let the word play, just for listening pleasure. You know, some, some people can't study without music. They say, they play music. Just let the word play. Just let it play. And I guarantee you, if they're not paying attention to what the, the word is saying, a phrase or a word will come out and all of a sudden something is clipped inside of you. You will hear something that will catch your attention. And you stop it and go back and listen to it again. Amen. I don't have to go jump all over the place. I'm like a page just Matthew for a whole week. Just listen to Matthew for one whole week. If you want a whole month, just listen to Matthew. And I guarantee you something will happen to you after you finish listening to Matthew or John or one of those things after a whole week. Don't jump for the whole Bible. Just take one section and listen to it over and over again. And all of a sudden you start to realize Jesus saying some things. Wait a minute. I didn't hear this the last time I listened to it. Now I'm hearing this. Telling you. Feed the baby. The spirit child is the life of Jesus in us. That's our born again life. And that's God's reality of us. Embrace your true reality. That's it for today, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for your time. Until our next episode of the Regime Life Experience, we are getting more and more into the depth of what being born again is and embracing the true reality of who we are from God's perspective.